And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the We Are Mead podcast. It's Mickey Brennan here and as usual I'm joined by the one and only Davey Rispin and it's been an absolutely hectic weekend of championship football across the county of Mead and we have all the results and we have some reaction as well from some of the games over the weekend but uh, Davey, just great to see championship back but it's just been a manic, manic weekend like you know with the all, all of the, the, the senior, intermediate and junior, and then you had all the premier divisions as well, and reserve teams and everything. It's just been a hectic weekend of football. It's great to see. Yeah, it's the first real weekend we've had of it probably in the last nearly 12 months, I suppose. And you probably don't get the hectic weekends as much when we get to knockout stage football. So as regards group stages go, we're talking exactly a year ago since we had a weekend like it. But as you say, first and second team games... Um, all throughout the weekend, from Friday right through to Monday evening, I think six o'clock was the last set of games in um, in the Premier Championship. So it was brilliant, fantastic to see it back. And uh, some absolutely fantastic football played as well, I have to say. At the few games I got to see, the quality and the standard um, of the different games was magnificent, I have to say. Really, really good. Um, I suppose, you know, looking down through it, Speaking about it last week and whatever in the build-up to it, we were looking and we were saying there was there was probably going to be a lot, a lot of um, surprise results. There wasn't too many. There is a few, but there isn't as many as we maybe thought. And teams have you know really done their work during the lockdown. Yeah, absolutely. You have to give full credit to the to the I suppose the bigger teams will say that. Probably the question marks were were asked of, and I, I would point to Summerhill first and foremost. There was a lot made of Manalvi's chances on Friday night, with Summerhill missing a few, and were they just at the level they were at last year? Simonstown Gales, another club, making your own. You know, there was a lot spoken about in the build-up to the game against Screen, where where they were at. I think they came out and they responded excellently, um, with a superb result. And Retoat, just the juggernaut that keeps carrying on. You know, excellent win for them, and a word for Dunboyne. I just, I really like them. I think they're. I think they're they're doing a lot of things right, and the way they dispatched them, Chaplin, um, in that fashion, which will come to them a little bit emphatic and very impressive. Yeah, and uh, on this week's show, as we said, we're going to be running through the full championship weekend from uh, at the results, and we'll give you the tables, and we'll be going to our Instagram because Instagram was fairly hectic over the weekend, and uh, I suppose, David, will, will we kick it off and start with the junior championship? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, we're going to go to... Get the worst done first. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get the... we go to Group D first, so we won't go to uh, the, the the result that he's talking about. We'll, we'll go to Group D, where there was only one game because there were only three teams in uh, the group, and it was St. Bridget's taking on Kilmainham Wood. 
And St. Bridget's came away with the victory here in a low-scored game, 1-6 to 7 points. So, um, you know, really good result there for St. Bridget's, Davy, And, you know, they beat St. Dalton's in their last game. They're, 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 they're true to a semi-final. Simple as that. And that's that's the beauty of that group. Um, Kilmaine and Wood, on the other hand, look at their two weeks' time. They know they're fighting for their lives against Dalton's. And, um, you know, they, it's out of their hands, I suppose, what happens after this. So... With Bridget's essentially now they're in a quarter final. You know, that game against St. Dalton's last round of the group is a quarter final for a place in the semi final. So, um, excellent win. I expected it to be really close, and it was 1 6 to 7. Uh, Stephen Brown goal there, the difference, and a uh, great win for George Plunkett's lads. They'll be thrilled. Yeah, they will indeed. And we're going to move on now to Group C of the Chottenturk Junior Championship. And uh, there was two games obviously played in this group because there's four teams. So on Saturday in Radkenny, it was Slane taking on Courtown, uh, Davy Rispin's Courtown. And Davy didn't get the results you were looking for. Slane newly promoted to the Junior Championship from Junior B with the restructuring came out and, and, and coaches on the hop. 14 points to 10, uh, a four point victory in the end. And a lot of these, we'll say, results that we said there's a few shock results. A lot of the teams that got good starts went on to win the game. And, and that, was the, that was the fact for Slane. They got a good start against us. They did, yeah. We were slow out of the blocks. There's, you know, there's no excuses. We probably feel aggrieved with some of maybe the refereeing decisions and stuff. But there's no excuse for not coming out and you know, starting at 100 mile an hour at Championship Football. And we only really have ourselves to blame. Um, I did to it with a few injuries, came out of it with a few injuries and, and the suspension to match. But, you know, take nothing away from Slane, as you say. Coming up from Junior B, I would have said, along with Kilbride, the two of them would have been the best set to go and compete in the Junior A this year. And I, I stand by that, obviously, after playing them. Young team. Um, and that, that that win for them will go a long way for, for ourselves. It's, it's a tricky one now. You know, we St. Vincent's on Friday week and uh, that's essentially, you know, last chance saloon for us. We, we still have it. We don't have it in our own hands, but we would look at it and say if we can win our last two games and hope that Minolte and Vincent beat Slane in their games, we would actually go through and head to head with St. Vincent. So, you know, it's still all to play for. We just need to get the heads back down again now, Tuesday night, and, uh, and go at it again. Yeah, not going to be easy. And the second result from that one was St. Vincent's against Minolte. And St. Vincent's making hard work of this game, 1 8 to 9 points, the goal being the difference in the end, Davy. Yeah, absolutely. Similar to the Bridget's game against Kilmaine and Wood, you know, the goal was telling in the end and a low-scoring game. St. Vincent's probably typically grinding Minolte down and, and, you know, using all their experience and now to probably see the game out. And um, look at Minolte, have been carrying a few injuries. They lost Charles Brogan to a free uh, injury last week and he would be a big loss in midfield for them. Big man, they're probably just lacking that those sort of big figures in the team where St. Vincent's would have them in spades and... Uh, Again, using all their experience to just get through that one. Um, would have expected St. Vincent's to win by a little bit more, Mickey, to be honest with you. But um, yeah. Minolte will take encouragement from it because there is every chance that this group could go down to score difference as well. So by keeping your defeat narrow to an extent, that two to five points, you're always going to give yourself a chance. And uh, look at Vincent, they'll be happy. You know, round one wins are, are in, integral. Yeah, and in the Junior Championship Group B, again, two games, four teams. And uh, the first one was on Friday, both of them on Friday evening, actually. And it was uh, Father Plunkett Memorial Park saw Karen Ross taking on Clannard. Karen Ross came away with a fine victory here, 2.18 to Clannard's eight points. And uh, 
The second one was Beliver uh, getting over the hill, getting over the, just getting over the line against Boards Mill, it has to be said. 316 to 214, a 1-2 win, uh, 5 point win there for uh, Beliver. But for large portions of that game, it looked like Boards Mill were going to turn them over in Longwood. Absolutely. They were eight or nine points up, Mickey, at one stage. Yeah. And um, I believe they ran out of steam. It was one of them games. I wasn't at it, but I, I was talking to a few people who were. And they says it was one of those first 40 minutes, Boards Mill, everything they were touching was turned into gold. You know, they were scoring at a, at a serious rate. And, you know, they were so accurate. And they just ran out of juice, I think, last 15 minutes. And in fairness to Belive, you know, the strength and depth that we've talked about for many a time came to the fore. But as you say, this one was... a Definite banana skin, but I was impressed with the strength of character that Beliver showed. They've probably been criticised in the past and maybe not possessing that, but they were really um, tested on Friday night and they came out with all the right answers in the end. I'd say that was that was nearly a score every two minutes by the looks of it as well. Um, <laughs> what, what a game it was, it's a Yeah, and in the other one, Clonard and Karen Ross, you know a few of the lads in the Karen Ross team and they came away with it. Fine victory here, 218, a comprehensive victory, 218 to 8 points. And uh, Can Ross will be happy with that opening round game. Yeah, and they have everyone back. They have Keane O'Reilly back, Niall McDonald is back in the folds, the, the McGee brothers playing a, a role from the subs bench, and Killian Porter as well. Interestingly enough, the 15 that started were the 15 that finished. So they didn't use one sub, which is remarkable. And I was talking to a guy today who was at their second team game and he was saying Karen Ross second team game when really it's kind of their first team because he had the McGee's, Killian Porter, um, trying to think of other players that were Sam Reynolds, another household name, you know, all lining out for their second team today. So that shows the strength and depth. I think the scoreline flattered Karen Ross a little bit. Um, I believe Clenard were in touch with them for, you know, 30, 35 minutes and Karen Ross got a couple of goals to pull clear. Frank O'Reilly outstanding on the night at full forward, eight points. Uh, to, to his name and uh, interestingly enough Damien Griffin has actually taken Clannard back over um, that's only come about in the last week or so so he had he got a great tune out of them before two or three years ago when he was over them and he'll have to do something similar to, to rally them after that result um, but look at Karen Ross as expected doing the job and, and putting up a good score as well Great battle in the midfield uh, sector I believe from all accounts Yeah yeah. apparently Adam Flanagan started the game ever so well and um, I believe plucked five or six balls in a row or something like that and it's a young Karen Ross team, uh, midfield rather with Luke Gillick in there as well and they got to grips with Flanagan and co and, and started you know turned into a real uh, heavy matchup on that but um, great to see an old midfield tussle isn't it a good old fashioned one we probably don't see it every every game now when you go and you look at short kickers and sweepers and this kind of thing but it's great to see kind of an old school approach and, and high field and there's nothing like it yeah you're going to see an awful lot of that with the new rules and all the kickouts coming from the 20 metre line and stuff and you're not allowed to go back to the goalkeeper with the ball so you, you will see an awful lot more balls being contended for in the middle field and, and further up maybe around the half forward line as well so um, we'll get to that later on we saw a lot of that in the Simonstone screen game actually so um, yeah it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting one a lot of old fashioned uh, fielding as Davy calls it um, moving on now to Group A, and again, two games. It was Kilbride taking on Drumcondrick, Dunsany taking on St Mary's GFC, and uh, two heavy wins here. Kilbride 120, Drumcondrick 15, Dunsany 323, St Mary's not six. And uh, St Mary's are a very young team, Davy, and 
we thought that they were making a lot of progress and whatever uh, uh, this year maybe and uh, they just Dunsany just turned them over the experience in that Dunsany team obviously just shown uh, in that game yeah, and they've brought through some young players as well. I think there was four or five championship debutants for Dunsany and um, looking for some Marys. I know they've been operating, you know, in these teams at junior level in the league, but you know yourself, there's a huge step up in championship and they're coming up from junior B. It's going to take a little bit of time to get used to. That's not the first game you'd want coming into a junior A championship playing a team like Dunsany and you know, they were punished. 323 is really good scoring for Dunsany, though, and, and they'll be delighted with that. The other game, again, not really surprised at the margin, as I said to you, with Slane and Bride are probably the team that I fancy to come up and do do well. Expect them to beat St Mary's the next day and make it a showdown against Dunsany on the last day for, for uh, qualification to the semi finals. But I believe from Conrad, three sent off, so they were back to their old tricks. And. Um, <laughs> They they ended up with twelve players, you know. So you know that's not good enough in terms of discipline or anything like that. Um, but Kilbride's about their their job in an efficient and effective manner and, and put up a decent score themselves. Yeah, full value for their win, their fifteen point win. As you said, it does look like it's going to come down to that final game on the final day between Dunsany and Kilbride, and that'll be a game I'd love to get to see. Um, moving on, now, that's the junior championship uh, roundup done. We will come back to the GEA predictions just in a little while as well. We'll run through all them again. But we're going to move on now to the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship. And we're going to start off with Group E. We're going from the bottom groups back up and we're making our way through to the senior um, uh, Group A will be the last one. But in uh, Group E of the Intermediate, um, of course, there's 20 teams in the Intermediate Championship. So we've got five groups. Um, there was only one game obviously played on the weekend. It was Mead Hill taking on Longwood. Mead Hill winning this one, 16 points to Longwood's 111. And Davy Rispin, you know, that, that has to be the biggest shock of the weekend. It's definitely up there, Mickey. Yeah, I, I, I did fancy Longwood to get through. I thought it'd be tight, and it was. But Mead Hill, I think, were 10 2 or 10 3 up at the break. And, and in fairness to Longwood, they came raging back second half, but it just wasn't enough. Um, Great win for Meath Hill because they had a poor league. You know, the two games they played prior to the championship, they were beaten in both and uh, beaten by both junior teams as well, Beliver and St. Vincent. So to come out and beat a team that was senior last year, you know, speaks volumes for the character. And I know they're down a couple of players as well, but they're, you know, that's a game that they're probably targeted at getting. And to be honest with you, now they look at that group and they probably won't fear Alan Locke or, or Clannagale in, in doing that. Interestingly enough, I just noticed that Harry Hogan, who's um sub goalkeeper for me, he lined out on the 40 for Longwood um, and chipped over two points. So I'd actually, I haven't even seen the guy playing in goals and I thought he would line out in goals, but obviously he's a decent outfield player and he was starting at 11 for Longwood. So that was just a decent uh, nugget I picked up. But Mead Hill will be thrilled, Mickey. You know, that's a really, really good win for them. Longwood, they're still, they're still in it because they look at it and they'll, they'll probably think that Mead Hill will drop points somewhere along the line and if they can win their last two, they'll have a chance. But, you know, when you lose your first game, you're always trailing and, you know, you're under pressure straight away. Yeah, and you're hoping that the team that has beaten you will, uh, somebody will do a favour uh, for you. But then, if it, if it ends up with Longwood and Mead Hill at the top of the group, the Mead Hill have got the, the upper hand with the head-to-head, so it's always going to be a tough yeah. course. We just want to ex- um, send our condolences to... Everybody in Ballinlock involved uh, uh, there in the club. Of course, the passing of Jimmy Bow tragically there last week. 
Um, their game against Clonmagale has been refixed for Tuesday evening, I believe it is, Davy. And, uh, you know, tragic, absolutely tragic, uh, tragic circumstances uh, for, for for everybody involved in, in, in Ballinlock and, and Kilskier Hurling Club as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, horrendous news. I, I got the text on Monday morning when I just came into the office at eight o'clock and I just could not believe what I was reading. Um, very difficult uh, set of scenarios for the club and, and to try and think about going out and playing football tomorrow evening is just, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're the type of club that will do it and, and they won't need any motivation. Kieran, frankly, won't need to go in and start raising voices or raising... They, they have the motivation behind them now for, for Jimmy and obviously Johnny as well, who's involved in that um, that horror crash too. So, um, you know, fingers crossed to go out and give a good account of themselves. I'm sure they will. The problem with it being refixed so soon is, unfortunately, they're out in Hurling. Both clubs are out in Hurling this next weekend. Uh, and then football, obviously, the following weekend. So there's no real opportunity to put it anywhere else. So um, it is what it is. But football... Turns into pale significance when you when you're seeing such tragedy like that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we just want to send our condolences to everybody involved in the club down there. And um, we dedicate our podcast this evening to uh, to Jimmy Bow and to his family and everybody in Ballinlock. So moving on now to Group D of the Intermediate Championship and uh, two games here: Sydney and Oldcastle, Ballinabracky and Dalek Bellystown. But uh, I suppose the venue was Nobber. It was Saturday evening and Sidden coming away with a famous victory in uh, uh, against Oldcastle here, Davy. In this, what you termed it, a local derby. <laughs> yeah, and, and I believe it was every bit as, as you know, intense and local as you want. I was actually, uh, I was on comms with Davy Cahill, Sidden manager, yesterday evening for the trim game. And uh, I had a good chat with him, you know, off air about the game and, and how it went and everything. And he says, you know, it was really tit for tat throughout. Terrific game of football. For me, this is the biggest shock of the weekend. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't really make a case for Sydney last week, to be honest with you. I um, I just looked at their two games in the league, particularly the heavy beat and the tick. They took against both. But, you know, they had everybody back. They had the Rose back. And Evan Trainer, I believe, put in a magnificent display, as did Michael Fedigan and... Uh, really drove them on and uh, Oldcastle I mean that's that's a serious setup back for them you know the, this was branded the year that they just had to do it if they were ever going to do it and what a bad start for them and they're in such a difficult group you know the, the two other teams in the group it doesn't get any easier and it'll be an uphill task to say the very least for them after this but for Sydney, I mean they were probably the favourites to finish bottom in the group and Suddenly now they're probably the favourites to finish top. You know, they have to win. The other game, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, went away in terms of results, I'd probably say. So they'll be going into their second and third round games with huge confidence and they'll look forward to them. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about it, Sidney ended up uh, finishing that game with 13 men. They had Cormac Rowe, uh, red carded, and uh, Kevin Garland got a black card uh, late on as well. So they finished with 13 men, but I suppose the standout performance was Dara Rowe kicking six points for them on the evening. Yeah, and Davey said he had a terrific tussle with Keane McPartland. So, you know, probably Keane deserves a bit of credit there at fullback too. He, Dara probably didn't have things all of his, all his own way. Davey felt the red card might have been a little bit harsh, so he was looking to probably get some video footage and maybe try and look into it and see was there a case or maybe get the rescinded or whatever. Um, it was given as a strike, I think, so I, I'm not really sure at this stage if, if you can get video evidence to 
free him, but they'll they'll need him because after Dara, he is and has been for many years our main man in there. So uh, it'd be it'd be an absolute godsend if they could get him uh, freed up. Next game uh, in Group D saw Balnebracki travelling to Trim to take on Delete Bellewston. This one ended in a draw, Davy, two nine to one twelve. And I suppose <clears throat> I did call that there would be a few draws in in the championship uh, this weekend. Fortunately, I didn't uh, call this one. I asked you where the game was going to be played, and I think you said Trim, and I said to myself, I think that'll suit Delete Bellewston. But Balnebracki. Full value for, for for the draw here. But uh, Delic Bellison, you know, who have been moving really, really well, would probably be, be be the more disappointed of the two teams. Yeah, you you talked about the would-be draws. I actually nailed my colours to the post and picked the draw on this one, Mickey, just so you know, and, and got the draw. So um, absolutely thrilled with me. Can hear me eight points coming in. We'll come back to that, though. Um, only <laughs> game by all accounts, by the, by the sounds of it. I was actually talking to... Uh, people from both sides of the fence. I was chatting to uh, Jimmy Flaherty after the game, and he said that you know they were probably a little bit unlucky not to win the game, um, having been eight points up. I think they were eight points up, but Balnebracki mm-hmm. came raging back, and Balnebracki felt themselves they were lucky to probably get the draw. But they sprung Damien Carroll off the bench, and I believe he was the catalyst for the comeback in that second half for Balnebracki. Kicked two points. Struggling with his hamstring, so that's probably why he's not starting games. But what a player to be bringing on and turning the game. I mean, this this is probably all that we we expected. Tight game, high scoring encounter as well. Probably that's the one surprising thing that usually when Balnebracki involved, you wouldn't see scores of that nature. But um, both of them will be satisfied enough. But obviously, it means that there's going to be a little bit of cat and mouse in the last two games because even. Even if a team finishes with five points, there's no guarantee that they're going to get through, which is amazing. You know, six is the maximum you can get. But yet one of these with five points probably won't get through um, to the semi-final. So this one really could come down to score difference. Sydney and Oldcastle will definitely have something to say about that. But for Balnebracki and Delic Belliestown, all to play for. Yeah, it leaves that group wide open, Group D. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'd say the second round games will tell us an awful lot about what way that group is going to go. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just open the group up a little bit more so it will and uh, and, uh, and and leave all the teams um, uh, still in the shake-up going into the last game. Looking now at Group C of the Mead Potato Intermediate Championship and uh, the two games that were played here were Kilmainham and Dundry and then the second one was Blackhall Gales against Castletown. Uh, Kilmainham against Dundry, Davy Rispin. This game played in Sean Newman Park, right there beside you. Um, I'd say you could spit into the football pitch from your house. And, uh, <laughs> and I have. <laughs> I'd say you could kick a ball into it as well. But what a, what a, what a victory for Kilmainham. And this is one that I called last week on the podcast. Um, Dundry, they were supposed to be missing Paddy Keneally. Um, and then Kilmainham with a full hand to pick from. Uh, for the first time ever, probably in the in club's history, that they had a full hand to pick from, and uh, I just thought that uh, you know maybe uh, Mickey Newman might have something to say on the day, and he did with a wonderful, wonderful free from at least fifty yards out to the right hand side, and he slotted it over the bar um, to 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 give Kilmainham the the victory. Um, huge win for Kilmainham. Massive win. I, I I had a hunch myself. I obviously went for Dundry, but my predictions were made prior to any injuries in that. And 
I've been a fan of Kilmainham and the way they play for a while now, and I, I'm delighted to see them starting to get the results that, that their performances, I suppose, merit. They have the two wins in the league, and now they've carried it on to championship. Mickey Newman, as you said, like for Mead fans around the county, that's going to be music to the ears, and, and Andy McAtee as well, you know, playing ever so well. Playing as a wing forward as well, which is an interesting one, because we'd always associate being a typical number 14 and inside forward, but Dylan Morgan as well, mentioned for him, um, absolutely magnificent on the night as well. I think 1-4, he scored 2-9 between them out of 2-11. That's incredible scoring. Um, Dundry, looking, as you said, the injuries definitely hampered them. Stephen Coogan, his first game back, what a performance by him, eight points on the night. Um, but, yeah, massive, massive win for Kilmainham. Uh, another mini surprise, you'd have to say. Not probably as big as the other two we've mentioned, but mm-hmm. not far off either. Yeah, and then the other game here, Blackhall Gales against Castleton. Castleton, last year's beaten semi-finalists by Nobber, wasn't it? Or Davey? Yeah. Um, and that went to uh, extra time. Nobber and Don mm. win that game, win the championship. Um, Blackhall Gales, I spoke to you about them last week and I said that, um, you know, that I had been speaking to somebody from the club during the lockdown and said that they were humming this year and that the work that was being done within the club was fantastic and they came away with a massive victory here 313 to Castleton's 10 points and uh, on the evening James Kelly getting two goals in the first half and that man Alan Nestor the the, the man that you did the interview with uh, for our Patreon podcast not so long ago coming up and scoring 1-9 what a performance I'm delighted for Nestor I was actually talking to him last night uh, over WhatsApp and uh, Congratulate him on the win. One nine on the night from him. Like the penalty, you'd be proud of the penalty. I'll actually send you a video of it, Mickey. Um, yeah. An un, an unbelievable penalty. Like, popping fantastic strike. He says he'll never hit a better one in his life. He but missed hit it, did he? Leave. Say that again? <laughs> he missed hit it, did he? <laughs> he? He said he said he was lucky. Um, but I was, I was chatting. We were over at Baldebracchi for a second team game yesterday morning and Liam Kane. Uh, who's a Corton man, but he's obviously over in Blackhall. He actually cycled over from Blackhall to Balderbracky to watch our junior D play, D play, D team playing a two-hour cycle. But uh, I was chatting, to, you know, about the Blackhall game, and he said they were brilliant. Plenty of lads back, tight Brosnan back as well in the fold. Like what a yeah. player to be, to be welcoming back. A few young lads coming in, and that will be just the card for them. I, they, all the sounds coming from the Blackhall campus that they've been going really well. Um, and they backed that up with a massive, massive win. Castletown, on the other hand, that's a desperately disappointing defeat for them. Um, as you say, Mick, you know, beat the semi-finalists last year by the champions, Nobber, um, and coming out and, and getting absolutely spanked in round one. Their strength and depth just isn't there, unfortunately. The hunger, you might have to question it as well, that kind of second-year syndrome. Rusty Tiernan's at the helm, though, because he will demand a response. You know, he will absolutely demand a response, and just because they've lost the first one doesn't mean that their championship is over. They could easily end up in relegation trouble if they're not careful as well. So they need to arrest that slide right now and, and try and kick on and get a couple of wins. But uh, for Blackhall Gills, that's that's one of the results of the weekend, absolutely. Yeah, moving on now to Group B of the Intermediate Championship, the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship. And uh, Waterstown were taking on Myla and St. Michael's were taking on St. Pat's. And uh, looking down here, Waterstown 16 points, Myla 112. I suppose Waterstown played in Carlinstown, uh, playing this game in Carlinstown. Uh, so Martin O'Connell, the manager of Waterstown, going home to Carlinstown to, uh, to face off against Myla. And 
they scraped a victory here against uh, Moila, a one-point victory. Yeah, I was chatting to a couple of the St. Michael's contingent who actually got in and seen this game on Friday night um, before they obviously went out and played on Saturday and um, very impressed by Moila, you know, by all accounts. Um, a little bit of petulant fouling towards the end was what got Waterstown over the line, I believe. Alvin Crosby kicked four or five frees, which in the end was was the difference. But, you know, Moila gave as good as they've got. I expected them to, to be honest with you. I didn't. I thought Waterstown would just have enough, but I knew they wouldn't give at an easy. And they won't give at an easy to St. Pat's or St. Michael's either. You know, they will absolutely put it up to them. Just probably missing a little bit of quality. Um, you know, aside from Sean Riley and Tommy Riley, um, they're probably just missing a couple of lads that could come on in the last 10 or 15 minutes of games and swing it in their favour. And unfortunately, until they get that strength and depth in the squad, especially an intermediate championship, you need finishers to come on and... The team we're going to talk about in a minute, I'll, I'll tell you all about the finisher for them. <laughs> uh, well, we'll move on to that one. And uh, this game was played in Waterston on Saturday and it was St. Michael's taking on St. Pat's. And uh, St. Michael's coming away again with a, a, a very tight tight one here. A one-point victory for St. Michael's. one fifteen to St. Pat's, St. Pat's 2-11. And this is a game, Davey, that I thought maybe, you know, St. Pat's with the fact that they come down from from senior, and we we know what what they can bring to championship. I thought that they they would get the victory here, but St Michael's full value for their one point win. Yeah, they were. We I actually had the bronze Donis over for a few drinks uh, last night. He's the St Michael's manager, a good club mate of mine. And uh, in fairness to him, he answered our call with the junior D's yesterday morning as well after that good win. But uh, chatting to him, he obviously wasn't giving much away. We'll actually hear from him on our on our Patreon podcast this week as well, briefly, but. Kieran Lynch, like the finisher, coming off the bench with 10 minutes to go and kicking two points. The winning score with the last kick of the game from a free. Like, this guy is class. And to have somebody like that to come on and do that at that stage of a game when, when the pressure is at its its most intense is absolutely brilliant. He's carrying a few injuries, so it, it remains to be seen whether or not, you know, we'll see him, you know, lying out from the start. But even if he doesn't... They have players like Oren Meehan. I think he got seven or eight points in the night. Shane McDonald dictating things from the fourth. He got a goal and a point as well. Um, and, and other lads as well, well able to chip in there. Huge win for them. They would really have been targeting that game against the Pats as a massive, massive win. Um, for Pats, it, it's a disappointing result um, because they put so much into it and they got themselves in a winning position but just couldn't see it out. A uh, couple of good goals from them on the night. I think Donald Landy was involved in one and, and possibly Porrick, um or Nolte as well, but Michaels, you know, you you know, showing their steel and getting the get the win that battered against Waterstown with probably a few onlookers from Waterstown looking on. Yeah, and and looking at it, it's a an extremely tight group, and um, obviously St Michaels and Waterstown with those wins, but two narrow victories, a point in both of those games leaves it that you know score difference. At the end of this uh, uh, group could could be vital, and uh, those or those wins, those one point victories could be even more vital. Moving on now to Group A, and uh, on Friday evening the venue was Kilmainham, and it was Bective taking on Drumbarra, and uh, on Sunday it was Park Tolchin and it was Trim taking on Kenny. But I suppose we go to Bective and uh, Drumbarra Emmets on uh, Friday night, Davy, and three point victory here for Bective, but. Very, very close to being a draw this game. 
Very close to being a draw and probably close enough to being a Jambaro win as well, which would yeah. be like yeah. effective struck 1-1 one, one in the last minute of the game and, and they got the equaliser, um, I think from a Paul Linus uh, effort, great score it was. And from that kick out, Bechtel managed to win the ball, overturn it and, and launch a long ball in. And Johnny Keaton caught this splendid pass. Looked to me as if he signaled for a mark. If he, I watched it back because Jambaro had the stream up and it was since deleted. But if you watch it, he, he signals for the mark. But obviously the referee mustn't have put his hand up. But he played it quickly and put it in the back of the net. Like, realistically, if the ref did pull it back for a mark, it would have been tapped over and they probably would have won by a point. It was the last kick of the game. But it was a, it was a, it was a thrilling finale. You have to remember, Trebaro were eight points up yeah. with something like 10 minutes to go and had an extra man as well. Effective were reduced down to 14 men. So that's, that'll be a desperately disappointing defeat for Trebaro to stomach, um, considering how strong of a position they were going into that final quarter. But to see it out with an extra man and an eight-point buffer as well. Um, terrific window for Bechtel on a difficult week uh, when Mrs Moran was buried uh, you know a stalwart in the club as well and, and you know there was clearly an incentive and, and motivation there to go and, and win it for the Moran family Yeah absolutely and uh, you know I talked about this game in depth you know uh, John Brady over Bechtel and, and Kieran O'Malley over Drumbara Emmets and I said to watch Drumbara this year that they'd be a very improved team and going by that scoreline Bechtel you know who who are quite a strong team um, and, you know, last year beat Trim in the Intermediate Championship. Um, you know, Drumbara, they, they will have a say in how this group finishes and, you know, you never know. They could even uh, win the next two games and, 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 and be in the shake-up come the end of it. Um, the second game saw Trim taking on Rakenny and Park Dodge and Davy, and you got to this game and um, uh, a fine, fine win for Trim. Three goals and eight to Rakenny's ten points and, my my team that I picked to win the intermediate championship was Kenny. Yours was Trim, and uh, you wouldn't allow me to uh, back Trim last week when we were doing. Well, no, absolutely, it shouldn't be allowed <laughs> after backing Rakenny to win the championship. But uh, no, look, I thought Trim were magnificent on the night. I have to say, um, it starts the game ever so well. That man again, Aaron Lynch, just unmarkable. You know, devastating form. Uh, Two five or two six on the night from did most of his damage in the first half when he was on his his meet under twenty teammate James O'Hare and it, credit to him or probably testament to his performance Donald Kilgood was moved to full back to pick Aaron Lynch up for the second half but for me they were closing the gate when the horse was after Bolton the damage was done and and Trim had 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 it in the bag at that stage and what they were doing was fair enough Kilgood definitely minimised. Inch's influence in the second half. But then again, Rakeni weren't getting that from Kyogen go the other way. And yeah. in the first half, I have to give credit to Alan Douglas. He was playing centre forward, but he was doing a magnificent job in shielding Donald Kyogen and, you know, reducing his impact on the game as well. He, he had no real flourish forward whatsoever. And we always see them with Mead. You know, they're a, they're a hallmark at this Mead team at the minute. But he just could not or was not allowed to do that Um for Rakeni. Keith Curtis did his utmost in the forwards for Rakeni. He was brilliant. He had a few wayward efforts as well as the game went on, but he was their bright spark. But Trim, you know, look a really well-oiled machine. Six changes to the team that lined out in the final against Nobber last year, the team that went out on um, on Sunday evening against Rakeni, which is interesting. And there's a serious bench to play with. Brendan Murphy will be pleased with that result. 
Yeah, and we will hear from Brendan Murphy in our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. Uh, get reaction from all the games that Davy was at on the weekend. He was at Summerhill versus Minalvi. He was at, well, he got some um, reaction from Larwall as well, uh, from Gail Column Kill from their game with St. Column Kills, and also reaction from Davy Wright for the game between St. Michael's and St. Pat's, and then also from Brendan Murphy for the game between Trim and Rath Kenny. So that leaves their group looking like this. It's Trim and Bechtov on two points from Barrett and Rath Kenny, just languishing there with no points from that opening round games. Um, moving on now to the Fairy House Steel Senior Championship, and we're going to start with Group D. And uh, Davy St. Peter's Dunboyne, uh, uh, topping the group there at the moment, but they were taking on Dunshockland on Saturday. And this game was in Ashburn. I thought that if any of the games, you know, of, of any of the local derbies that was going to be, there was going to be an upset causing it, that this could be the one. Um, and uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne weren't having any of it. Four goals and 12 to Dunshockland's nine points. And, you know, that's a statement of intent from, from, from Dunboyne because I know how intense uh, Dunshockland play and the defensive setup that they would have gone to Dunamore Ashburn with try and curtail Dunboyne. Dunboyne scored 4-12. Yeah, that's an absolute demolition job. And as you say, a statement of intent from Dunboyne to say that they're out and, and they're looking for their Keegan Cup back um, off their neighbours' retote. And, you know, on the evidence of that, 4-12, as you say, in a local derby, very rarely local derbies, no matter what the form guide is, go, go like that, unfortunately. You know, we've seen it down through the years. But that, for me, is an emphatic result. Um Desperately disappointed for Dunshockland, but I have to say that would strike me as the one result across any of the divisions. Just It just stands out to me, to be honest. I, it's not overly surprising that Dunbyne won the game or not. It's just the, the way and the manner they did it in. Um, huge day. Absolutely. And then moving to the other game in Group D, it was Gail, ba- the Battle of the Kills. It was Gail Column Kill Kells taking on St. Column Kills. This game was in Drumcondra. Davy, you were at this one. Um, this was a magnificent game of football. Gail Column Kill coming out with a five-point win in the end. But St. Column Kills will be kicking themselves over this. They could have been out of sight maybe at half-time. A lot of goal chances coughed up um, and, uh, by Kells in the first half that St. Column Kills weren't able to capitalise on. And probably that was the difference. Gail Column Kill, were, when they got their pump going, were a little bit more clinical. You always felt the Kells were were going to step it up at some stage, and in the first half they just weren't at their you know their fluent best or, or nowhere near it to be honest with you, and even at that, the Column Kills are only a couple of points up, and they were playing all the football if that makes sense. So, um, when Kells did get a goal in second half, particularly in that fourth quarter, I have to say they were absolutely sensational. Seamus Matabo, unbelievable performance. Bar- Barrett rolling back the years. Brilliant display. Bino Hadlin, you know, typically probably not at his best either, but yet come out with probably five or six points. Um, James Conlon for St. Column Kills, probably the performance of the weekend for me. He was unmarkable. He was untouchable. He was absolutely sensational. The scores he kicked, left foot, right foot. If Jordy Muldoon serious problems, I actually have sympathy for Jordy. You could have put you could have put Donald Chogan on him and he wouldn't have marked him on Saturday evening. He was in that type of form. Um, but unfortunately, they just didn't get enough from the other big players like Biggie and Ben Brennan, they just didn't give them the, the scoring power that they needed just to probably tackle Kells a bit more. One twelve won't win you too many games. And after the start they had, they should have kicked on. 
the mistake for the goal was crucial. You know, they, they, had, a, they had a free kick in their defensive half. They tried to play a short one over the head of Seamus Matamon, ended up straight in his hands. Fantastic bit of improvisation to spot the goalkeeper just, you know, left of the post and, and he tucked it in on the right-hand side from 20 metres out. Um, and that was the major turning point in the game. Uh, we'll hear from Lara Wall. He said, you know, delighted to get the win, but he understands that there's a big test coming down the tracks and it is that one of St. Peter's to bind the next day. Yeah, so Colm Kills in the opening quarter, I, I don't think they kicked it wide. Everything they kicked went yeah. over the bar and, you know, they were in flying, flying form. They did, they did create two or three goal chances in that first half. And do you think, Davy, that, that missing those goal chances cost them? Yeah, in hindsight, they probably did. Uh, James Conlon had one that sticks out to me and he blasted it over. It was a good chance and a good opportunity, but at least he got a point off it. Um, I suppose the flip side of it is they still did get in for their goal in the second half. And at that stage, they were back in front. You know, they went yeah. a point ahead with probably 15, 20 minutes left on the clock. But again, I'll, I'll bring it back to that mistake, which led to the Kells goal. That really stamped their authority. That put them four points clear. And it was, you know, significantly, it was the two scores that was in at the end. And that was the biggest margin there was between the teams in any stage of that day. And suddenly, everything that was going well for Scotland Kills around the middle of the field started breaking down. Kells became dominant. They used their their head, you know, they kept possession, they picked their moments and, and overall they were comfortable in the end. But again, the scoreline probably doesn't reflect the game as a whole. Absolutely, Nick. Yeah, that 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 coughing up that goal in, in the manner that they did seeing Colin Kills probably knocked the wind out of their sails, given um, uh, Gail Colin Kills that four-point lead going into the closing stages and they were able to see it out. Moving on now to Group C and uh, two games uh, on the weekend here. Friday, it was Rathod taking on Nobber, um, and on Sunday uh, in Park Tolchin, it was Simonstown taking on Screen, and that one, of course, uh, was live on TG Car. Um, well, it was deferred coverage actually on, on, on TG Car. Davy Rathod five twenty one number Nobber two six, and uh, I suppose Nobber on their return to senior championship got a rude awakening. They did, and yet they were probably level after 15 minutes. They, you know, they gave as good as they got. They were in front early on. They got a goal, an early goal, I think, through Jordy Morris, who at the early stages, I believe, gave Conor McGill a really tough time of it um, and caused him plenty of problems, as did Sean Mead. But I suppose the key, you know, we're after mentioning Sean Mead and Jordan Morris, and suddenly we'd normally talk about Brian Farrell doing something similar. Unfortunately, he was on the sideline for a toast, and they probably just don't have... The strength and depth, again, that you know that term that I probably use for a few clubs, but definitely now we're going into senior. I'm probably just missing those few. But they'll take encouragement from it in the sense that they battled well. They finished with 14 men and Ratoat, you know, stepped it up and ran out easy winners in the end. Um, but this isn't a game that they were ever going to be judged on. They were, their year was never going to be defined against, you know, the county champions in round one. They'll look at the other game, which we'll talk about in a minute, and they'll probably pick out one team in that who they'll highlight and they'll say, if we beat them, we'll avoid a relegation playoff. And that's what it will probably come down to. Yeah, and I think what we should do then is move on to the next game. Of course, Simonstown taking on screen in Park Tolchin on Sunday afternoon. And it was Simonstown who came away with the victory here. one fourteen to screens 11 points. And Davey, this was, a, this was an interesting one because I think six points flatters Simonstown. Uh, they finished off well, but... It, it, and, and, and they went into uh, quite a substantial lead early on. But Screen hadn't got the shooting boots in the first half. And that was probably their, 
their biggest downfall on the day because other than that, they probably could have uh, could have taken Simon's turn. Yeah, I, I only caught the first half of it on the on the TG Carter, Mickey, I'll be honest with you, because it was going out to the trim game. But, you know, 10 2 at the break to your own Simon St. Gales. And, you know, prolific or, or very accurate in front of the post themselves. And as you say, screens shooting was wayward at best. I mean, the, it was two or three free kicks dead straight in front of the post, 20, 25 metres out, that really should have been slotted over and were put wide. And again, in the absence of Paddy O'Rourke, who would normally step up and, and put them over with his eyes closed, suddenly it should have been probably 10-6, 10-7 at the break, and you would have had a much closer game. Now, credit to screen, they did come fighting back in the second half and made a game of it, but Simonstown always had their, their nose in front, and again, they had players to come on and just probably see the job out in that. Um, but Simonstown would be happy with it. There was, you know, there was a couple of murmurs of maybe unrest or, or you know, probably weren't going as well as they might have liked to have. Uh, in, in the lead up to this game and you know uh, winning the first round of the championship is brilliant it's just a tonic to kind of put all those demons to bed and look forward now to the next day they know there's bigger and better tests they'll have to improve you know that goes without saying but they've done it they've got their win and uh, they'll look forward to another day out yeah you said it and, and, and when you consider like that they were missing Niall Kane Squealer Kane and uh, Shane Gallagher two of their mm. prominent Mead stars um, on the day Great to see Shane, Shane O'Rourke back on the field, though. And uh, what a wonder score from the sideline as well. Uh, unbelievable score, Mickey. Like, uh, I'm sure you've seen that plenty of time over the years. Yourself <laughs> and himself probably used to practice them. But, uh, you know, great to see him back in the field first and foremost. But that, that just that clip, I suppose, from the sideline outside the right boot, that just summarises all that Shane O'Rourke is about and the quality that he brings to the party. And, you know, what a, what a player he is for Simonstown. I, I did notice there was a bit more of a direct approach from Simonstown as well. It did look for him a few times uh, with the long ball in the first half. Now, it didn't always work out with advanced marks and that, but he definitely broke the ball and, and was abusive in there. And it'll be interesting to see if that's a side um, further on in the championship. Yeah, and, and not only that, but uh, towards the end of the game, when uh, Screen went in search of a goal, they... they pummeled the long balls down into the square and, and more often than not it was Shane O'Rourke who plucked it out of the sky and, uh, and, and, and just kept them at bay. So really good win, as you said, for Simonson. A lot of work to do, though, as the championship goes on. Ratote with that massive win over Nobber as well. That's not going to do them any good, I suppose, going into their second round game against Screen um, uh, when, when you consider the margin of uh, victory that they had over Nobber. But... Again, another local derby coming up in two weeks' time for that one. Um, moving on now to Group B. And uh, on Friday, it was uh, Dunham or Ashburn taking on Navin O'Matneys. This game was played in the screen under lights. And then on Saturday, it was Centrestown taking on Nafina um, in Park Colchon. But we'll go back to Friday night and Dunham or Ashburn getting a three-point victory over Navin O'Matneys, Davey. And I suppose we, we would have called that the week beforehand. Um, you know, Oshin O'Brien gone back to Galway. Um, is not going to help Navinomatni's cause this year. They are in a little bit of a transition, um, but still put up a good fight against, you know, a very strong Dunmore Ashburn team, it has to be said at the same time. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I believe they're a bit unlucky not to get something out of the game as well, Navinomatni's. I think Dunmore Ashburn sort of fell away a little bit in the second half, maybe resorted back to their kind of old way of playing um, and protecting the lead instead of going maybe for the kill. But they'll be pleased to come out with the win. Interestingly enough, as you mentioned, Oshino O'Brien. He contributed four points to his club in Galway. 
in beating Tume over the weekend. Tume, who were in the Galway final last year, only beat by Cara Finn. So that's just illustrates the loss of Oshin O'Brien and, and how big of a loss he will be to Navin O'Mahony's. But good to see Rory Aquellon back in the field as well after an injury layoff and playing well as well. Stephen Bray is... But they're just lacking, you know, they're, they're missing Shane Gillespie, obviously Oshin O'Brien, who we previously mentioned. Those two would have made a huge uh, difference to, to, you know, Navin O'Mahony's. But for Mick Deegan... Great start for him. He'll be happy. Davy Nelson, he'll know there's work to do. This isn't going to be an overnight project for Navin O'Mahony's, I don't think. It's going to probably take two or three years and a lot of patience and probably little small bits of progress. If he can pick up another win or two between now and the end of the championship, he'd be happy enough. If it gets them through, it gets them through. But after the, you know, the round one defeat to Dunham Rashburn, as we said already, it's an already an uphill task for, for anyone, really. Yeah, it is. And, and, and when you consider the result of the second game, which was played on Saturday in Park Tolchin, it was Centristown taking on Nafina. And Centristown coming away with a victory here, 213 to Nafina's 112. So a four point victory there for Centristown and a really good start to this game for them as well. Saw them over the line, Davian. You know, when you think about it, that's a huge win for Centristown. Nafina, we both, I think, fancied Nafina to beat Centristown because we thought that this young Centristown team mightn't be just ready for championship. They showed their credentials on Saturday. Yeah, interestingly enough, after all the talk about the young players, it was one of the old stalwarts, um, Brian Benji Clark, that popped up mm. with two goals um, in the first half to set them on their way. And I was chatting to Flash Gordon, actually, in Navin today. I bumped into him and, you know, Great weekend for the club. I think they picked up a win in the Premier Championship as well. Um, and without Joe Sheridan, who, interestingly enough, wasn't involved um, at the weekend, they, they did the job. And probably for years, you know, Joe has been, you know, the main man there and, and carrying a, a lot of the burden there. But great to see some of the younger players stepping up, Dylan Keaton and Carl Hickey, players like this, you know, really taking on the mantle and, and taking them on. I thought it would be close. I actually fancied Nafina maybe in a, in a tight contest, but... They came roaring back, but they gave themselves way too much to do. And the concession of those two goals in the first half, it was mm. always going to be an enviable task to try and get back into it. Um, but this should be delayed. Dunham Rashford the next day, the two teams, two from or two teams after getting open round wins, that's going to be a massive, massive game. Yeah, it is indeed. And and and, and as well, when you when you look at the manner of the 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 win there for Central Sin and the fact that Nafina came roaring back and kicked one twelve, Navino Matney's. You know, they're in a bit of a precarious position, but, you know, they still have two games to go and, and, and they're going to need a win in one of those games to avoid that um, uh, relegation playoff. Now, looking at Group A, the final group uh, of the Ferrier Steel Senior Championship, and again, two games on the weekend. Friday, Summerhill were taking on Minalbi in that local derby. And then on Saturday, it was Wolf Tones taking on Corahan, a repeat of last year's championship uh, group stage game. Um, and uh, looking at, we'll go to the local derby first, Summerhill and Minalvi. Davy Rispin, two-point victory here for Summerhill and uh, over Minalvi. And again, this was a cracking game of football and could have went either way. Um, Minalvi with a really, really good start to the game, but let Summerhill back into it. Yeah, absolutely. Minalvi were absolutely brilliant in the first half, Mickey. They played some savage football. Um Six points up, I think, at one stage, and then Dave McLaughlin hits the foot the post, and that would have set them clear. You know, it really probably was that minute that either sprung Summerhill into life or kind of made Manalvi think about it a little bit. Think about what they were just 
doing really. They were dismantling them. They were running through them at will. They were playing with intensity. They were tackling. They were hustling, harrying. Summerhill looked standoffish. They didn't look interested. Corra goes off. You know, he was dominating midfield uh, with a worrying shoulder injury, which I don't think the prognosis is good for him. You know, and this is... There's been a problem for him before and he was playing smashing football and we all know what Porikarn is capable of but unfortunately it's injury after injury and he's had no luck whatsoever and it looks like he's going to miss the, probably the rest of the championship and probably even the rest of the year with Mead as well which would be a huge disappointment but yeah, back to the game that seemed to spark Summerhill into life yeah. and they, they kicked on then second half and showed some steel the young players though Mickey you know Aaron McCabe in midfield four points from play on the night sensational performance Conor Frayne inside a player who was trying to get in last year couldn't get in but now with Shawnee Dalton got away has probably got a, an avenue into the team and he took him with both hands he was he was superb I can't tell you how good he was his movement composure skill and his accuracy in front of the post he really took on the reins of the, the score inside because Barry Dardis dipped in, in in spells but wasn't at his brilliant best nor was Paul Larkin so um Great win for Summerhill. They'll be relieved. They'll be mightily relieved because Manalvi will feel that that's one that got away. Yeah, there was there was great celebrations after that game from the Summerhill players because they knew uh, maybe not that they got out of jail or maybe there was a little bit of that, but that was a huge victory considering the first half display and I suppose the the, the injury to Podge Harnan kind of was the catalyst to Minalvi maybe slowing up a bit and Summerhill taking advantage and uh, they did it, as you said, with, they took it with both hands. In the other group, or the other game in that group, it was Wolf Tones taking on Curraha. Of course, Curraha got the victory over Wolf Tones in the group stages of the championship last year and uh, Wolf Tones avenged that one with a, with a huge victory here. 4-11, 23 points to Curraha's 12 points and an 11-point victory for Wolf Tones. Again, Fiacre Award, uh, a award hat-trick in the first half probably um, was the catalyst to Wolf Tones going on and winning that so comfortably. Yeah, as you say, avenging the defeat or the, the embarrassing defeat last year. Now, it's not embarrassing because Curraha bet them, but it was the manner in which Curraha dismantled them last year which would have really bugged at Wolf Tones. And it wouldn't have just bugged them for a week or two. Right up to this game, that would have been in their heads. And... They were out, and they're a different team now, Mickey. They really are. They have a new manager in there. They have a new approach. A couple of new additions coming in as well, and it does strengthen in their hand already. But as you say, familiar face and fear for Ward doing the damage in the first half. But the game beyond down, it was probably game over after 20, 25 minutes. Um, and Curraha were always chasing it after that. Jack O'Connor, I think, eight points on the night for Curraha. Great scoring out of 12. Um, but Wolf Tones, I think, are, are, a, are a decent team. And a team that could be fancying the job. They'll look at it and they'll say Summerhill weren't, a, you know, they weren't at their be- brilliant best by all, by no means rather. And that'll be suddenly without Podge and Conor Harnan aren't the same team. They'll look at it and they'll say they have a, definitely a, a squeak get through um, after that performance and result against Curraha. Yeah, and if they keep up that kind of scoring and that kind of form, if they were to get through the group, they would be very hard beat in a semi-final or final again. Kean Ward, Thomas O'Reilly, um, you know, uh, to the fore as well, with Fiacra, of course, as well. And, you know, they had some great performances on the night. That's the roundup of the championship results from the weekend. And, um, Davey Rispin, you have some, some uh, hurling fixtures for me for next weekend. 
do indeed, Mick. And it's the start of the senior, intermediate and junior hurling championships uh, for 2020. Obviously, it's going week in, week out with the football. So uh, these are a little bit all over the place, but I'll just start with the games on the Friday and then go to the games on the Saturday, if that's all right. Uh-huh. Um, on Friday night in Trim in Group A2, this is, uh, sorry, it's Park Tolton, rather, for the meeting of Kildalki, Kiltail, that huge game in a repeat of the final from last year. That's going to be a cracker on Friday night. Looking forward to that one. Um, and that's a standalone fixture, actually, on Friday night. So hopefully there might be a few more allowed in at it than has been allowed at the games during the weekend because that'll be one not to be missed. And um, Then going on to Saturday, uh, you have Trim versus Colleen at 7 o'clock. Uh, that game takes place in rather Plunkett Memorial Park. Um, the next one up then in Group B1 is in Park Talton, and it's between... Clannagale coming up from intermediate last year and the old um, stagers Kilmesson. That's at seven o'clock. The next game in Group B2 is in Trim and it takes place between Nafina and Navinomatis and that game's at quarter past five. The intermediate, you have Wolf Tones versus Dundry in Park Tolton at quarter past five. And in the junior, it is Navinomatis versus Nafina and that game's on in Trim at seven o'clock. Moving on to Sunday, just bear with me a second. You have Intermediate Hurling with uh, Gil Column Kill versus Rat Maline taking place in Trim at 4 o'clock. Next game up is Kilskir and Moila versus Dunham or Ashburn at 2 o'clock. That's in Trim also. And then the last game in the Intermediate is between Kildalki and Trim, and that's in Longwood at 12 o'clock on Sunday. So those are all the, the hurling fixtures for next weekend, Mick. Excellent. And I suppose there'll be a lot of football managers looking on tentatively uh, to those <laughs> hurling games next weekend especially the, the ones that involve dual players um, because uh, it's a quick turnaround then for championship the following weekend in the football as well. So wishing all the teams involved in hurling uh, championship next weekend the very best of luck because, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, it's great that the, the hurlers are back as well. Uh, we'll. We'll come back. We'll do the ladies' fixtures in a, in a couple of minutes, Davey. We might go to uh, Instagram Interactive because I know we've got a good bit of a Instagram for this week and uh, we'll just break it up um, because we're doing a lot of results, fixtures. Maybe we'll do a little bit of crack now with the Instagram if there is any crack in it this week and uh, then we'll move on to the ladies' fixtures before we finish up. Do you know what I've noticed this week, Mickey? It's the first proper week of, you know, football been back and uh, there's... There is a bit of crack, but there's a lot more football-related questions as well in there, which is interesting. But uh, we'll we'll start with uh, the first one. I've just got we've got four since the show has actually started, so I'm just kind of going through them and get them organised. <laughs> but the first one uh, from Flash Gordon, and he says more Gardy than fans in Park Talton on Saturday night. <laughs> no, the, no, no, no. I'd say what he was looking at there, he was probably watching it on a live stream or something. They were the high-vis jackets. They were the COVID enforcement officers around that dungeon. Not guard officer. Maybe, look, maybe there was. Maybe there was, but uh, I'm sure they were all social distancing. No, absolutely, Mickey. Don't you know it? Uh, Niall Flynn says, Kieran Flynn's comeback. Yeah, what about it? We forgot to mention that. Um, Kieran Flynn... Has to be said, fair play to the lad. Um, you know, great servant here to the podcast, and we will be having him on again soon. And uh, you know, made his uh, return to the to the sticks for Dunsany. Um, I think they lost, didn't they, uh, Davy? In the second team, I think they were unlucky. Yeah, uh, I, or did they win? Uh, give me a second. 
we'll we'll have a look back and get the result of that game anyway. And uh, uh, but yeah, no fair play to him. He's put in a huge effort over the last few months, and he's got himself fit. And uh, he's back between the, the sticks for Dunsany. And, uh, you know, he'll be pushing for a place on that first team. And then, you never know, he could be pushing for a place on the mid team. Yeah, it was actually a draw, Mick. It was uh, Dunsany 2-8, Dunham Rashburn 1-11. So 14 points apiece. Flynn just conceded the one goal. So probably a decent outing for himself. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to catch up with him later on on the WhatsApp group and, uh, and, and get the full load in from him. Well done, lad. Uh, Robert Perfield's next up, and he said split Rototen too. Uh, split Rototen to about six, I'd say, because I think, <laughs> if I'm not wrong, all of their teams won over the weekend, and all won very convincingly. Um, unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Davey, what can you say? Yeah, I know they're a club that are, you know, they're only going from strength to strength. And the next one is just a username with a load of letters jumbled up, but it just said St. Vincent's win. Uh, was he stating a fact there? or um, he, he was just, he, like, I just asked for the talking points from the weekend and he, he said St. Vincent's win, so I suppose St. Vincent's win over Minaldi, um on, on yes. Sunday, Sunday morning, yeah. Is it a huge talking point? Is it? <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> not really. We kind of, we kind of would have expected it to be a win, but uh, um, yeah. No, look, we we spoke about it already. Uh, they'll be delighted with that victory. Mm, absolutely. Martin Grundy is next up, and he says, "Believers come back against Boards Mill, eleven points down to win. Serious yeah. comeback." Yeah, absolutely, Davy. And 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 what what can you say about that? Like you know, like uh, Believer who. You know, would have been uh, one of our favourites over the last number of years to win uh, the junior championship. To be eleven points down against Boards Mill, um, that would have mm. been a, some scare for them. But to come to come through that game, that has to give them a massive boost. Yeah, and it's probably the wake up call that they maybe needed. You know, they they probably thought that they could just counter through this group, and uh, that'll that'll be a real kick up the arse for them now. Um, just before you go on to PS tips, but uh, I'm just looking back um, uh, at Ratote's victories over the weekend, and I have two more of them. So we know the result against Nobber was like 522. Yeah. Against Delique Belliestown in uh, Division 2, Round 1, Championship Football, I don't know what that is. 517 to Delique Belliestown, six points. And then today, um, in their game against uh, Bective, it was, um, this must be the third or the 14th. 316 to two points. So, you know, they're a team that are, they're a club that, as I said, Robert Perfield could be right. They need to be split into <laughs> two, three, four, or five. Yeah, absolutely. Um, PS tapes the man himself and he says, Are you going to be doing anything for the Sean documentary? Uh, a tweet using uh, the hashtag we are made would be a good idea. Uh, the Sean documentary. <laughs> the Sean, Sean documentary. Documentary, Sean yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's coming out this Thursday. Uh, it's going to be on RTE at 10 past 10. And, uh, you know, I think myself and yourself should maybe uh, uh, review it, Davy. And uh, I saw a couple of clips from it, and it just looks. Uh, I'm just so excited for it. It just looks amazing. It does, and it looks classy. I think it's a must see for all Mead supporters. So, very much looking forward to that as well, Mick. Uh, Kyle Kane, he says, Kells for Keegan. Yeah, well, I said it to you already, Davey. Um, the, the championship could be set up 
in a way that would suit uh, uh, Kells. Um, they will be out in Hurland, though. That's the only concern that I would have for them and for yeah. the junior players. Um, but apart from that, I, I, I just think um, that if it wasn't going to be one of the big names, that, like, you know, your 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 Dumboyne, your Atoth, your Simonson, that uh, uh, Kells would be my outsider bet. Like, and not only that, but I think that they're going to have a huge say in where the championship goes this week. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. The next game against Dumboyne is going to tell an awful Massive. lot, though, for both. Um, uh, Leo Curry, uh, good St. Vincent's man there, having a nice little dig at uh, Carter, and he says, Carton's lost to Slane, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I'll leave that one to you, Davey. Ah, so look, we've talked about it already. I don't think there's any need to linger on it, really. Ah, no, we should. <laughs> no, we, should, we really shouldn't. The, the people uh, have Gordon is next. <laughs> hey, okay. Flash Gordon is back in Yeah Flash wants to know Is Johnny Gilston the biggest number 20 In the county uh, Well How many We'd have to get all the, the programs from the weekend And uh, see all the people Who were wearing number 20 <laughs> And then decide who was the biggest yeah, no, absolutely. He is a big man, though, Johnny, and, uh, you know, good footballer in there and, and will play a huge part for um, for Sensham this year, I've no doubt. Simon Finn, he says he's back in with the Nicky Judge, but he says, any word on Nicky Judge's knees? Well, d- did you hear anything since? Um, we put it out on social media, but we haven't, we haven't heard back from his knees yet. I made the four-hour trip to Balnebracchi yesterday morning, uh, the worst for wear, but... Couldn't find Nicky George or his knees anywhere to be found in Balnebracchi. So uh, I can't shed any light on that, unfortunately, just now. But uh, I'm sure Simon will keep us keep us updated on it. Was there any walls knocked down around uh, Balnebracchi when you were coming into it? Check in behind those walls, see if his knees were there. Uh, well, no, but interestingly enough, one of our lads got to the gate of the pitch and he took a Snapchat just as you do when you get to places like Balnebracchi because purely you're, not, you're never really there. You know, once in a lifetime. Um, twice if you're unlucky enough but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he put up the Snapchat filter you know it gives you your current location and he took a picture of the gate and Balnebracchi GFC on the gate you know but Kildare is the filter on the thing you know so I'd say if you probably went 100 metres down the road it'd be awfully and then West Mead and then me I was, and stuff. <laughs> I was just going to say I'm surprised it didn't say awfully on it but uh, um, yeah there's a few spots around Mead now that that could happen all right yeah, absolutely. But uh, I have to say, pitch looking well up there. Wouldn't be a household um, name that I'd be visiting every so often, but, you know, uh, a very good club and, and playing well. Um, next one is from Paul Shute, and he says, Claire Hanley still putting her solid cream in the sandwiches for the lads after the game, for the Clannagale boys. Yeah, the Clannagale boys are not happy about the, the um, salad cream. You know, it's a, it's a little bit too tangy for them by the sounds of things. Maybe go with a little bit lighter, go with a bit of mayonnaise or something like that. And those boys would be too soft to be taking something as as, as tangy and spicy as a, as a HB salad cream or something like that. <laughs> uh, next one is from that man, Aaron Lynch, uh, who was electrifying for Trim yesterday. And he wants to know your thoughts on 18-year-old Sean... <laughs> no, no, he's not that uh, cocky. He probably wants us to give him a little plug, but he won't. Uh, he says, thoughts on the 18-year-old Sean Fitzgerald's performance from Trim. And I have to say, I thought he was very good. It was his, um, I think it was one of his first championship starts for him. He was a sub last year, but he's made 
Uh, he's been promoted, I suppose, to the first team, and he's one of those six changes from last year's beaten uh, finalist to that team that started against Nobber. And uh, I thought he did equip himself very well. And interestingly enough, that uh, a Wexford player, Mark Malloy, who started on the other wing, making his championship debut for Trim. So Trim, they, they've done a bit of business in the transfer window, and they're they're looking every bit as strong for it. Yeah, they're uh, and they they'll want to avenge last year's loss in the final. So. Um, you know they're they're making all the right sounds at the minute um, to go on and uh, be in the shake-up for the intermediate championship yeah next one is from Fionn Smith and Fionn said Shawnee Curran being in some shape well you Davey can answer answer that one uh, you were at the Kells game um, and uh, he, he performed well in the evening he was absolutely outstanding Mickey he was marking Graham Riley who kicked a point, a brilliant score in the first half. But after that, very little else. I thought Johnny Curran was terrific on the evening. Went forward as well and helped out the attack. Uh, an all-round excellent performance from him. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's a quality footballer. And uh, obviously during the lockdown, he's uh, maybe learned how to lift the weights a little bit and uh, maybe been taking a few protein shakes and you know came up against Graham Riley and let Graham score one point and that was it. Uh, yeah. uh, so that's your fill. I'll give you an interesting one. Uh, I was actually talking to a teammate of mine, Tommy Smith, after the game on the way home, and he was talking to Shawnee Kern, and he says, Rispin said you played well. And he says, geez, tell him thanks, and tell him if he's going back to pick his best 10, he might put me in it next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe when we do it in a couple of years' time, he'll make it all right, Davey. Yeah, absolutely. The golden oldies. Um, <laughs> Owen Griffin, Clannagale goalkeeper. These boys are night before championships, so they're... They're busy on Instagram. He wants to know Kevin McGovern's weird obsession with mayonnaise. Oh, well, now look, there's a problem there in in, in uh, Clan McGill with all these condiments. So there is, um, they don't want salad cream. They don't want mayonnaise. You know, what do they want? Do they want brown sauce or ketchup or something on these sandwiches? It's, I don't know, like, Davey, what, what, do, you think they, what do you think they eat out there in Clan McGill apart from their young? Uh, well, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Mickey. Um, I don't know what they'll be eating out there. I don't want to know either. Um, uh, they ate you a couple of times, Davey. So they... <laughs> they absolutely did. Um, <laughs> um, Cormac O'Reilly, another comment in about Shawnee Kern. He said, Shawnee Kern in great shape. Jesus. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of these lads worried about the... Uh, uh, the the shape that uh, Shawnee Curran is in, <laughs> there, there's an awful lot of lads noticing it. You know, I was hope you'd you'd hope that it'd be women sending in that message saying that uh, Shawnee Curran was in great shape. But uh, you know, yeah. these Kells uh, Kells metrosexuals. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Tommy Hanley is next. Tommy Hanley Jr. and he says, "Will Paul Chu crawl his way out of his?" woman's thumb and show his face tomorrow for the championship <laughs> well, I, oh, I'm, not getting, I'm not getting involved these, la- these lads are teammates like <laughs> has to crawl out from under his woman's thumb Ooh, geez, that's, oh, I, I'd say now after the lockdown I'd say her thumb is nowhere near his head I'd say she's t- kicking him out the door go and play football will you get out of me, get out of me hair I'd say is what's happening there there's one or two more from the Clannagale lads, and that's us then wrapped up. He says, Ryan McNamee is next, and he says, will young Tommy Hanley get the start tomorrow due to his father? <laughs> oh, a little bit of nepotism. You love that. You love to see a bit of nepotism. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think, I think, thank God, that's all from the Clan of Gale lads and and indeed the rest of the the Instagram for this week. A marathon Instagram session this week, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Look, the, the excitement is going. The championship is back on. The lads are on Instagram, and they're, they're obviously the, the night before championship. They're sitting in. They're wondering what to do, so they're taking their mind off it by going on to um, uh, Instagram and Twitter and social media and uh, just lapping it up. But uh, yeah, cheers, lads. Thanks for everybody. Thanks, thanks to everybody who got involved with the Instagram this week and over the next few weeks. Give us your thoughts on what's happening in championship and on championship games. If you see something on a game, let us know. And uh, uh, if, uh, if anybody else from Kells is in great nick, I'm sure that the Kells lads, the metrosexuals down there in Kells will let us know about the nick that they're in. Uh, Davey, we're going to move on now. We've a couple of things left to do before we finish. And uh, there are ladies' football fixtures coming up this week as well. And you have them for us. You're, uh, you're always a man that knows where the ladies are during the week. <laughs> Give it up, Becky. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the ladies' championship starts this Tuesday um, with first-round fixtures starting in the senior championship. It's the big one. It's between Simonstown Gales and St. Peter's Dumboyne. And that throws in at half seven. Uh, in Simonstown on Tuesday, uh, massive, massive game. Two of the big protagonists and two of the big players in this year's championship, no doubt, going head to head. Should be a great one. That uh, the next game up is St Michael's at Centralstown. Um, then it is Dunham or Ashford taking on Oldcastle and Boardsmill versus Nafina. All those games are at half seven. The team I've named first are at home. Just a word for Boardsmill. My own clubmate Jamie Costello is is uh, is over them there and doing a splendid job and I, I wish him well for that. I think uh, it's a very winnable game uh, against Nafina. There'd be, there wouldn't be much love lost to, there between those two sides, but um, please God, Jamie can get the, get the win there to start their championship off on the right foot. Um, that is the senior. In the intermediate championship, it's in Column Kills versus Royal Gales, Dunshockland. Uh, Retoad versus Dunsany. Should be a tasty one, that. Summerhill versus St. Dalton's, another decent game there. And Navinomahnies versus D Rangers. Again, all those games take place on Tuesday at half seven. And Tom O'Connor, where is he this year? Tom O'Connor, I think, is on a sabbatical this year. Oh, he's taking the year out, is he? Hmm. Oh, interesting. We'll have to come back to that. We'll have to get our, to get, get uh, talking to Tom and see what his thoughts are on the ladies' championships this year. Uh, moving on, Davey. Uh, finally, it's the Junior A Championship. And again, three of these games are on Tuesday night and there's one on Wednesday. The first three on Tuesday night all throw in at seven o'clock, or sorry, half past seven. It's Waterstown and Delete Bellystown. Myla versus St. Pat's. Green have a bye, even though they're down to play at half seven on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, the, the final game is on Wednesday between Clannock Gale and Simonstown Gale's second team. So obviously with Simonstown's first game played on Tuesday, they've just yeah. pushed their second team out to the Wednesday, which makes perfectly good sense uh, to do that. So they're the junior, intermediate and senior uh, fixtures for the ladies' championships. And I'd encourage everyone to go out and support their local teams. Um, they, they are high-quality games and they're great to see on midweek. Uh, midweek, please God, we get some fine weather as well. Yeah, and you were on a bit of a reconnaissance uh, mission there today, Davey. You're going to find out about the camogie fixtures for us uh, later in the week as well. But you haven't done enough reconnaissance. You'll, you'll have to come back to me with the, with the camogie fixtures, yeah? Yeah, I don't think the camogie's just started just yet. So uh, they're training and I think they might have a press night this Thursday night and they're looking for you to attend, Mickey. I, I see, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you, obviously, they couldn't ask you to attend because... Uh, um, 
what's the what's the word? No, no, he's pointing the finger at me. I'm not allowed to say that. Um, before we move on, then, Davy, um, Gibson Bingo. How was the Gibson Bingo today? The driving Bingo. He's gone oh, quiet. I, I, I was, I had a bit of a head on me after last night, uh, but no, we, we got there in the end, and thankfully I made it home for the podcast with you. Most did you win? Did you win any money? No. Absolutely not. Um, did you come okay. closer? Oh, sorry. Sorry. The only thing that I won this weekend was an FA Cup, and I had to mention it. You weren't even <laughs> going to mention it, Mickey, were you? Absolutely. <laughs> are back. <laughs> we are back. We are back. Yeah, yeah. Good victory for Arsenal, that has to be said. Coming from Full one credit down. to the lads, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Coming from 1 0 down to win it 2 1. And it secures them some European football for next year as well, Davey. <laughs> Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week I was kind of saying, now nah, I don't even want to be in the Europa League. Now it's great. <laughs> now, now, now's the best thing ever. Um, Jamie, before we finish up, uh, GA predictions. Um, do you have the We Are Mead League for me by any chance? Um, because I yeah, probably I prefer if you didn't have it. <laughs> Uh, obviously, there's a game to be played um, tomorrow night tomorrow uh, between Banlock and Clannagale. So we ordered the final and we won't be issuing the final table to all the participants until after that. And we'll have a full result then in due course. But looking at it as it stands, even for Susan Farrell and indeed myself, Vicky Brennan. Um, Susan Farrell, top of the table. Chalk and cheese to her performance in the uh, National League. She's really turned in an excellent round of club knowledge and she leads the way on 46 points um, after the first round or home with the first round up to date. Uh, and she's joined by myself, second place, 45 points for me, Mick. Well, um, she's not, so, sorry, sorry, Davy, she's not joined by you because if she was joined by you, you'd have 46 points as well. So she's just ahead of you. So the result, she, she I, is. The, the result in the battle lock on a Gale game is is going to be crucial because I believe you went for Clannagale in this one, did you? No, I had Ballinlock. Oh, well, then you can't catch her. Well, I can't, but it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint, Mickey, as we always say. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, do you want, do you I'll, want I'll, to? I'll, I'll, yeah, oh, no, I absolutely do, yeah. I will run through the whole league, no problem whatsoever. So, third is Owen Griffin from Clannagale, 44. Michael Fedigan from Sydney, 42. Jamie Costello from Porter, 42. Tommy Owens, Kilmain and Woodman there with 40 points. Owen Allen from Minolte, 37. Andy Smith from the Chocolands on 35. David Campbell, Donard man there with 35. Tom O'Connor, respectable enough, 34. Shane McNiff, 34. Vicky, hang on, stay with me. We're getting there. Leo Weldon, 32. Jane Monvalley from Sedgestead, 32. Alan Torrey from Kells, disappointed week for Alan Torrey, 31. Horrock Boylan from Oldcastle, 31. Jimmy Flatterty to Lee Bellerston, he'll be devastated, 30 points. Robert Purfield, 29. And the star Mickey Brennan here coming in with 27 points. A really good week for Mr. Brennan. And do you know what, Mickey? The only save of grace is you're a point ahead of Mags Joyce on 26. So at least Mags hasn't just leapfrogged yet. Uh, Gary Alder as well, your, your club mate, uh, 25. Gary's actually entered twice. He's, he's gone and he's put the same prediction. So he's at 25 <laughs> twice. And Roland Lynch from Minolte propping up the table. So Mickey, you're from bottom or four from bottom if you only take Gary with one entry he was probably trying to win the league twice or something yeah but what to be no, done? Um, I think I think my problem Davey was I, I was trying to get that elusive draw um, this week I went for a few draws and then obviously um, you know I had to back Cortown to win because you're my mate um, I knew you weren't going to win like but uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, there's look, 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 look. You, you dis- won't make that mistake again. I'm di- <laughs> friendship or no friendship, Davy. I won't be making that one uh, that mistake again. No, there was a, there was a couple of good um, good surprises in the championship this weekend, and uh, of course the games that I went for draws in. I'm just looking down at it here. I went for a draw between Longwood and Mead Hill, and of course that was a two point victory for for Mead Hill. Uh, Blackhall Gales and Castleton. I went for a draw on that one. I don't know what I was thinking. Drumbara and Bective, that could so easily have been a draw. And I went for a draw on that one. How many draws did I go for? I went for a draw between Summerhill and Wynalvi. Very, very close to being a draw as well. And then the last one, Dunboyne and Dunchocklin. Um, if I had any, I just, I was putting the rule book out the window there for that one. And uh, uh, of course, Dunboyne coming away with a huge victory. But now the other games that I picked for draws were very close to being draws. But you don't get points for, for, for being an early man, so you don't. But, uh, um, yeah. Davey, um, have you anything else you want to bring to the podcast this week? Do you want to, do you want to promote the GAA predictions? Because you can do it weekly, can't you? You can, of course, Mickey. There's still time to, there's obviously loads of time to enter for round two. Uh, if you do want in on the Wear Mead League, there's by all means, unfortunately, we can't give you 20 or 30 points or you'd be given out because they'd be ahead of you straight away, Mickey. But, uh, <laughs> to, People can still join by putting in We Are Mead when they go to gapredictions.com or you can just enter for the four quid and there's 150 in prize money. Um, huge number of the We Are Mead League. I think we have 25 or something like that. So great to see um, a strong representation in that one as well. And uh, we look forward to the final game tomorrow night between Ballinock and Danigale and we can start looking forward to round two for next week. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget that there's the Hurling Championship taking place next weekend. And during the week this week, you have the Ladies Football Championship uh, kicking off as well. So try and get out and support as many teams as you possibly can if you are able to uh, secure a ticket for any of those games. And hopefully, as Davey said earlier on, the restrictions will ease and we will get more people in to see these games. And we want to thank everybody as well who tuned in to our Mixalore We Are Me account to listen to the games that Davey uh, broadcast. Um, uh, over the weekend again if, if you want to follow that check our social media pages and click on the link it'll bring you to MixLR and you can follow the MixLR account you'll get a notification when Davey is going live at any game over the weekend and you'll get full commentary and I have to say very very entertaining brilliant commentary it has to be said by Davey Rispin over the weekend and uh, you know he's he's definitely missed his calling he should be uh, he should be out there being a sports journalist and being a, a, a commentator on GAA without a shadow of a doubt. And again, it's a free service. So uh, if Davey is at any of those games, click, listen, and uh, uh, and, uh, and, and listen to Davey giving full live commentaries from the games he's at. I think that's it from us for this week. So remember, we are Mead. Why? It matters more.